It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our circle coverage for season two on Netflix for Rob Has a Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and with me today to talk about episode 11 of The Circle is Mike Bloom. How are you doing, Mike? I'm great, Karen, and let me hit you with a surprise. I have right here the Circle Award for Best Podcast Introduction. There was one vote from me. It oh. went to you, Taryn. Congratulations. I'm so I'm so happy. Uh, I'm, I'm I, lucky I had something nearby that was like relatively circular shape because mm. I, I don't have many, many of that, many of that type of geometry around me to pull something out at the last second for a bit. I've got a, an empty yogurt container that I just <laughs> ate. That would be like the office when they had the yogurt lids as metals. I mean, listen, I'll take it. Uh, I'm, we're both millennials. I think we'll accept any form of trophies, whatever they may be, though. I think this show is also indicative that maybe some millennials are not too happy with trophies, uh, specifically mm. depending on the, the label of them. Yeah, no, no good. Uh, no good for although is is Mitchell a millennial? Uh, I think I feel like Jacob Let's was just on this podcast saying that he's actually Gen, Gen Z. Uh, let's see. So Mitchell is yeah. Oh, Mitchell's Mitchell's twenty two. Mitchell's a Gen Zer. Yeah, that's why he doesn't like trophies. Which makes a lot of sense, right? I do feel like uh, maybe the reason why Mitchell is just so angry against the Courtney's and Rivers of the world is because they're millennials, right? It's this idea of like, yeah, these stupid, they keep complaining about everything and they rely too much on technology. They can't buy houses. You know, it's just another attempt for Gen Z's to dunk on millennials. That's the hip thing to do when Mitchell's just hopping on the bandwagon. Mm, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, here we are. We're going to talk about episode 11 of The Circle. So if you have not watched episode 11 and you would like to watch it without being spoiled by us talking about it, <laughs> this is your chance to do that um, because we are going to resolve this very uh, intense cliffhanger that was definitely, uh, you know, we had no idea what was going to happen. The person that is blocked is Cat. What? shocker of a lifetime i mean it's very much it's out of like an anime i feel like i guess my my access to anime was through dragon ball z and i mm. very much get this idea right of like tune in next time for the inevitable conclusion to what's going to happen that you assumed already did happen i think you made a great <laughs> point when you were when you were talking on the the, the bb can roundtable about how maybe this is more uh more more fitting for the format that yeah. netflix uses but still like it's it's a it's a weird place to put a cliffhanger See, in Dragon Ball Z, the, the it would have ended on uh, the person we have blocked is and then it would have come back and it would have been uh, the person. Oh, my God. Can you believe what is happening <laughs> yeah. right now? Cut to like every single character commenting. And then that episode would end on. <laughs> and then it would yeah, come exactly. back in and then it would be another five episodes until they finally said cat. 
Yeah, and then but then they'd be like, all right, Kat, and then you're eliminated, and they'll spend a whole episode for her walking to Trevor's place, <laughs> yeah. and then an entire episode for her opening the door and getting there saying, whoops, that's the wrong apartment. I guess I better go into the other one, and then spend... This This could have been like a, a sincerely a 26-episode season, purely if they went through that anime plotting strategy, but suffice it to say, here we go. Kat's eliminated. I, I do feel like if you have to put a cliffhanger here, I feel like it's more so with the visit than the elimination. Yeah, I feel like that would have been uh, I like I did not know who she was going to visit and who she visited was going to have real ramifications on the game. Uh, so, you know, going to Trevor and dumping info on Trevor is is a big deal. Going to Chloe to confront Chloe would have been uh, a big deal. Um, going to uh, Courtney to confront Courtney, like, uh, or even just Mitchell to see Mitchell. Like, there were a lot of options that she could have taken here, and I do feel like that would have been the better cliffhanger because I I can't imagine that anyone thought that it wasn't going to be Cat. They tried throwing a little bit of suspense, right? About oh, maybe Trevor's going to keep her in, but I do think, especially listening to you and Puya talk it through, I do think specifically where Trevor was, this was the right decision for the situation. Honestly, the worst thing for Trevor was that Chloe was the other influencer. Because I think yeah. were it were it even like River or Courtney, he could say, okay, you know, let's let's make this decision to maybe get rid of somebody else. Maybe in that case, uh, I don't know if you convince River or Courtney to get rid of each other, but you get rid of maybe more of a neutral party than uh, than a cat. But because well, it was Chloe, it, because it was Chloe directly, she can't you can't say like, oh yeah, uh, I'm sorry that this person's targeting you. I don't think we should go after them, though. I think that's okay. But say we're still buddy buddy, right? We're still friends after this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the problem is that there were there really were no neutral parties available, right? Like uh, yeah. with John uh, immune, it was either Pat or Mitchell, or it was River or Courtney, or it would have been you know if River or Courtney had been in there, like let's say River was there instead of uh, Chloe, and it would have been Chloe or Courtney. Um, and so I think you're going to be hard pressed to get River to agree to those as well. Um, but at least in that in that uh, case, like maybe you have the sort of uh, uh, the the audacity, um, the audacity to actually stand up for uh, y- your people. Uh, if it's like River and you don't even like River, it's like you know what? Screw it. No, I'm not getting rid of Mitchell or Cat. What are we gonna do about it? Uh, and honestly, I don't know what they would do about it. I, it really has yet to be determined, right? I don't think in circle history we have ever had really such a deadlocked situation. Maybe in that case, it would be what they did in the first week of, of Big Brother 7 of, okay, now these two are up and everyone else votes for them. That's that's the only logical way I can think of them resolving a deadlock because otherwise it just seems like uh, an endurance torture test. Sit in this room with this other person as long as possible until one of you cracks. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. Um, so Cat uh, is going to go and see Trevor. Um, and this is going to be important. Trevor uh, says that Chloe is uh, naive, is the way to put it. Um, and uh, they mentioned that she is easy to manipulate. So she is the one that they should try to, or that Trevor should try to, uh, to, uh, to sway um, instead of going to uh, River and Courtney. Obviously, Kat tried River and Courtney, did not go anywhere, so the next best thing is to go to Chloe, although no mention of John. Yeah, and I wonder if that's because John's profile is so 
intriguing to me. I mean, I know that John mentions improv in his hobbies, but it very much was reminiscent to me of those types of yes and games you play with your friends of like, yeah, yeah. there's this 64 year old guy. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's gay and he has three grandchildren. Oh, yeah. And he has a, a grandchild on the way. Oh, and he, he loves being Santa as well. Like it almost feels like you're in a TV writer's room pitching ideas for non-realistic humans and so i think they you know at one point they might even say like he's too good to be true uh i think that that is what i'm very much getting not too good to be true as oh he's too pure for this world like in a river sense more so no this is how ironically enough a writer might describe their tertiary character that stepped into their film noir if they're writing a film noir about a santa who is uh helping solve crimes (laughs) Yeah, a, a, a psychic Santa that advises Ooh, I love the that. police. It's like, it's like psych, but Santa. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's a little strange to me. So, like, they're going over the game plan. Uh, Kat says that she thinks that first of all, River is a catfish. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thinks that uh, John might also be a catfish because John said y'all. Um, yeah, and uh, people, if you're on the East Coast, I'm sorry if you even step a toe. In that Atlantic Ocean, you are forbidden from saying y'all, y'all. Yeah, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Jack is not from the South, right? No, I mean, his, his grandfather is, is. I think that's that's why he uh, he he put him in West Virginia. Right. So, like. This wasn't a giveaway, like this wasn't actually a mistake. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, that's that's very similar to uh, Cat with Lance Bass, right? Up, uh, oh, I saw you wearing that very mm. specific outfit. And it's like no one's going to remember the what they wore for a tour, especially when your job as a musician is to like day in and day out go on tour. You're not going to remember every single outfit unless you're like meticulously cataloging it for whatever reason. It just seems like Cat almost like gets on the right trail for the wrong reasons which is endlessly fascinating to me of her and almost like backing into the right answer, but using the completely wrong logic and math to get there. Yeah. Sometimes Uh, she does say, she says Courtney was the Joker a hundred percent. And so they come up with this plan. The plan is to uh, manipulate Chloe into going with them or going with Trevor and Mitchell. Uh, If Trevor can get Mitchell to be an influencer, he can use him to take out one of river or Courtney um and and it's again it's a little strange to me there there are six players left in the game three of them are in a tight alliance uh which leaves Trevor and Mitchell and then there's another third person left out of that six person this whole thing uh you would think let's pull in John uh make it 3v3 we've got even odds um but instead the plan is to try and pull Chloe away from River and uh and Courtney if you don't pull John, that doesn't help you a lot because John right now is pro River and Courtney, but doesn't really have a lot of incentive to stay there um, necessarily. Uh, and I don't think that the Mitchell approach is correct, where Mitchell went to John and was just like, I don't trust River and Courtney. Um, but I think that if you went to John to try to bond with him individually, like they're trying to do with Chloe, I feel like they could get John to at least rate them a little bit higher. Uh, and then because this is undercover, Trevor is still going to be rated highly by uh, Chloe. And um, if they can try to coordinate some kind of, you know, Trevor plus Mitchell plus John, not putting uh, Courtney and River high, 
Uh, and then you have Chloe rating Trevor high and then everyone that's I feel like that's the way to go about this pulling uh, Chloe by herself. I feel like even if it succeeds, if you don't have John, you're just in the same place again. I'm just surprised we didn't take take a porque no los dos approach, right? Of, OK, Mitchell, as Kat says, uh, go press your ass court to quote Chloe, which sounds like uh, something I need to pay money for uh, more so than my Netflix subscription to be able to see uh, that is, you know, smushing cake in a certain manner of speaking. Uh, but, you know, there's that. But I think also you could say that Trevor should be like making a bond with John uh, as well, because like you said, I think if there's two people split up, disseminate information and then try to sort of tackle things from all sides. And I know that obviously the behind the scenes aspect of the circle is you don't exactly have free reign to plot all the talks that you want to. But I would say those are the top two priorities for you to explore here. Uh, So I I think that while they love hashtag the trifecta, it's incredible branding for this trio uh, that is is sort of working at the moment. It's more so like an open-ended triangle, more like an open container at this point. It's a bucket and we're sort of waiting to close the lid on the to-go container right now to contain our lovely precious food. There is something else sitting right over there that you could easily add as a third point uh, that yes, Maybe you assume because of his lifestyle, he might have more of an association with River and Courtney, but also like take the opportunity, you know, to take the chance, because even if he's working with them, there's a chance he might not rate the two of you low. And when you have six people left, every single freaking rating matters. And if they, he decides like, oh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll play on both sides and, you know, put uh, a Mitchell or a Trevor high. That could easily put you in an influencer position and easily guarantee that you make the finale alongside your bestie and another member of the trifecta. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not saying that you should, again, I'm not saying you shouldn't try to flip Chloe because that would be super helpful. But, uh, but if Chloe ends up in an influencer spot with River or Courtney, then it's useless. Yeah. Um, so uh, you need to make sure that they also are rated low. Uh, and I feel like there's no harm in going to John, but uh, it's the way the game works. Um, yeah. Where were you? What did you think about Kat's choice to visit Trevor? I mean, do you think it was initially going to be an info dump or do you think something changed upon Kat walking in, seeing it was another woman another woman of color? And it's just like, oh, this is awesome. All right. We can chit chat and hang and oh, let me give you the tea right now. It definitely strikes me as one of those moments where like, I I wonder if this is where they kind of wanted this to go. Um, And Mm -hmm. like, maybe they helped guide her toward this because you would have thought that she would have gone to Mitchell if she was looking for uh, like just to be friendly. Um, And it didn't seem like like Trevor isn't the person that you'd really go to to confront somebody. So like those two extreme options, like neither of them exists. There's not a lot of reason to go to Trevor unless she really felt like he was with her, but she also seemed to feel like Chloe was with her. So yeah, uh, it's like, you know, I'm not sure where, um, where it would have come from beyond just trying to flip unless and it's perfectly uh, like uh, it's, it's, it's definitely possible that she came up with the idea on her own. Like, Hey, maybe if I go to Trevor, I can help flip Trevor to help Mitchell. Um, that's certainly possible. But uh, I think it's also possible that they were like, well, what if you went to Trevor? Wouldn't you like to see if Trevor's real? 
Yeah, exactly. I, I do, you know, I, I do exit interviews for the circle and I'll be talking to Kat actually in a few hours from the time that we're speaking. I'm just very intrigued by it because like she outlines, there are so many choices. I also wonder from a production perspective, do they want to spread the wealth when it comes to uh, visits? You know, Chloe has already been visited. River has already been visited. Do you want to not necessarily have the same person? Do you not want to turn this into Santa at the mall, right? To use a John example of like, here's a line of catfishes coming through and saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to sit on your lap and talk about the information that I know. I would imagine, honestly, uh, like they don't want it to get too repetitive. I would, I would, I would assume. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I think that there's usually somebody that just like never gets visited. Um, but, uh, but there are only so many opportunities for visits. So, yeah. um, it's, uh, I think they try their best to have the most impactful, but I do think they also try to spread it around as much as they can. Yeah, because I think they want to they want to get everyone's reactions. And I think it also when it comes to this idea of, quote unquote, fairness, uh, the possibility of accessing information from a now eliminated party that also helps things so that one person doesn't necessarily have a bottleneck on. okay, all these people kept visiting me. Uh, You know, it's almost like it's almost like the equivalent of fire tokens, right? Of okay, it's it's communicative fire tokens. Here's what I know. I am bequeathing this onto you. If one person, if someone becomes the Michelle Fitzgerald and just keeps getting them over and over and over again, uh, it can be it can be tough to negotiate with. Yeah. And it's it's unrestricted conversation as well. Where like they get in there. You can't control that conversation anymore. So like you're going to get a, a ton of information. <laughs> should, I don't know. Speaking of awards, should they like play them off? Should music get pumped over <laughs> the loudspeakers after 30 seconds or so? All right. Get out of there, cat. You're yeah. done. Uh, and, and watch out because I think the producer's favorite is oh sorry cat oh the the, cat bell is known for her proficient volleyball career she made it to fifth place on the circle season two maybe they've got a trap doors uh oh that's tough because it's in a multi-floor building you Mm. fall very very far um so Kat's gonna leave a goodbye message she says uh one of the messy queens or once the messy queens get the tea it's all i think hell from there is what she said yeah Um, yeah which is a weird thing to say i I mean i guess they're both it's it's hot imagery right they've got they've got the tea and then they send things to hell with the tea they just exactly which is like i don't know uh is is tea that better in hell uh, because I imagine you want something cold. I think yeah. something is the same temperature is not really doing anything for your body. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's it. Like uh, you serve tea in hell, and it's like, <laughs> oh, I thank thank something to quench my thirst, but it's super Ooh. hot. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, oh, ah! no, you want it. You want to cool down? No, this is piping hot Earl Grey. Enjoy. And you just want the messiest queen of all, Satan. Yes, and you just want to gulp it, but you can't because it's too hot. Yeah, and you burn your throat. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's forever the curse for your sins. So, yeah, I mean, this is one of the more contentious goodbye messages. Certainly not helped by the fact that Lee is like, I'm a messy queen. Oh, you think she's talking about me? And I, I love Cordy's reaction. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. So uh, Kat says, be careful who you trust. There are definitely snakes in this game and they have more than one head. Uh, obviously aiming toward uh, Courtney and River. Um, and, and I like, I always, uh, like, you know, I, I appreciated Courtney in this episode, and he hasn't always been like this, but he was like, I do want to be friends with Kat outside this game, but in this game, yeah. I wanted her to go. Uh, but this whole, like, uh, Courtney and River did not snake, uh, Kat. Kat tried to snake <laughs> Chloe, and they were loyal. Like, they're, they're, they're 
they're right when they say that, according to what we saw. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I think this doesn't necessarily feel true. It more so feels like it has an agenda to it. Yeah. Right. This, this, this isn't necessarily like Savannah saying like, oh, you know, Tara Alicia sucks. Bye. This is OK. I left my will to Delisa. Now let me tell everyone else, hint, hint, what they should be going after. This very much feels like sort of uh, their last words than a thanks, see you later type of deal. Yeah, and strategically, I get it if you're, try- again, trying to influence the game on your way out. But like, uh, it, it, like if it's like, I'm going to hear a lot of this from Trevor and Mitchell throughout the episode about like those other people. They're 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 playing the game. They're they're, uh, you know, they're the, they're the ones that are bad. They're the ones that are fake. So let's let's play the game and be fake. Uh, but we're genuine, really. Uh, like, come on. Uh, we don't need any of that. I'm so done with Mitchell. I really am. I, I thought, you know, he had the fun little, uh, you know, Bodega Terran Armstrong, Contra Hawken <laughs> appeal going on in his first couple episodes. But and listen, I am I'm not necessarily against the people who come in with the whole honesty, loyalty, integrity thing, just because people espouse personal values. That's what makes reality TV so interesting is seeing how people with different values and moral systems interact with one another. But it's just it got to be a lot, especially as we're going to get to the Circle Awards, right? When he's like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the FERC's happening. I play the game with so much loyalty and integrity. Everyone else are snakes. Uh, It just it just felt like it was so much when it's like this is not necessarily the aim of the show, but it felt like you were putting yourself up on a pedestal when the name of the game is talking to a screen and throwing in hashtags and emojis. This ain't exactly a heart to heart by the campfire, bud. And like all they ever have against Courtney and River is that like, well, we know they'll be loyal to each other over anyone else. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I guess like they, they do think that Courtney was the Joker and that Courtney did say those things and that, and that is sketchy for sure. Um, but, uh, but River certainly had nothing to do with it. Um, yeah, it's, it's an odd thing. Yeah, if the argument is like, well, they're just going to protect each other, uh, instead of, you know, us. Well, I mean, aren't you kind of doing the same thing with each other? Exactly. As well? I just, like, I, I just wish that like, uh, in, in these like strat, cause I love, I love that they came together. I love the strategy talks. I just wish that instead of like, yeah, we're the only real ones. Only we have integrity and loyalty. Uh, instead, it was just like, uh, man, they they're too strong. We got to break them up. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're doing a really great job right now. And we got to we yeah. got to step up our own game. Well, it's interesting because I think Delisa has that opinion. I've been really liking Delisa. And I think she says a couple of times in this episode, like, I really like Courtney, but he's the most threatening to me right now. She says that as much in the, the blocking ceremony with Chloe. I wonder if this is a matter of this is Mitchell's belief system and Mm. some of the best social strategic players know to just completely buy into what they're selling and ride that horse until the tail falls off. And that's what she's kind of doing here. Like, yeah, they're absolutely the two headed snake. We got to cut that thing off. We got to pull a St. Patrick and exile it from the Island of the circle here. Uh, So I wonder if while Mitchell, I 100% believe is genuine in the way that he feels Courtney and river were playing the game, even though again, you can't say that they're, you know, have a close relationship and aren't genuine with each other. You can't automatically assume that like, oh, they just have this completely transparent strategy only relationship. But I think Delisa looks at that and says, all right, this guy's like uh, has no other outs at the moment. Yes. Rah, rah, honor and loyalty. Let's beat that bro drum. Yes. Um, Chloe has some great moments in this episode uh, and she really, she kicks it off right away. 
by uh, having no idea what cat meant by two-headed snake. Um, so yeah, she, she, she takes it, it, it completely backfires almost. If yeah. being like, uh, oh, I two-headed snake, she must be referring to Trevor. Trevor, be- <sighs> because he's got two he's, heads. Exactly, he's got two faces. That's why he's Trevor now, because he's not one person, actually another person. The man I've been thinking about a future with. Like, oh boy. You didn't tell me about your second head, bruv. What's going on there? Um, uh, Trevor says, hashtag, there's still a snake on the loose, which I thought was a dead giveaway that, um, that, that, uh, obviously he was told who the snake was. Well, yeah, well, I think it's, he actually makes a really interesting move there because he admits to the fact Mm. that Kat visited him, which I thought was intriguing, maybe because the last few visits have gone so anonymous that he wants to be like, I want to show how honest of a player I am. But yeah, I mean, he makes it abundantly clear on top of Kat's message. Oh, I was told who to go after. Yeah, uh, and I, I feel like I wonder if maybe you shouldn't have said anything. I feel like uh, I feel like who would have guessed that the cat would have gone to Trevor? Right. Um, I feel like there are so many other guesses, and it could have caused a little bit of suspicion. Um, and I don't think that suspicion would have necessarily been on Trevor. And now you have to assume that River and Courtney are like, well, he knows, and he's lying about it. Uh, like he did admit that Kat went to see him, but he's not admitting that Kat said anything about us to him when clearly she did, uh, which is just it's just he's spelling it out for him, basically. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. Yeah, I think the plan, if I'm Trevor, would be don't say anything and then maybe try to I would say on paper, you could try to convince people that maybe like he visited River uh, because if there's suspicion of River being a catfish being like, oh, clearly he visited River or found out he was a catfish. And that's what what what, you know, she's referring to. I think the issue with that is that you essentially then repeat the same mistake that Kat did of, oh, Chloe's clearly lying about Emily. Uh, You know, it just and then repeating it to essentially the people that, that they're working with. But I, I do agree that I think obscuring your identity when it comes to cat visiting you, especially since we are really getting down to the nitty gritty. And if you have this trio looking at someone to get rid of, if you are now stepping forward and saying, Hey, I got this information from the person who just got eliminated, who is absolutely against you three, that is needlessly putting a target on your head. Yeah. I think the, the plan is either. I have no idea who she saw. Wasn't me. Uh, or she did see me make sure you uh, get into a conversation with River and Courtney and say, hey, just so you know, she did say things about you guys, but obviously I didn't buy any of it. I didn't want to say it publicly because I didn't right. want to throw shade on you guys. But, um, you know, I just want to be upfront and, and let you know that she she said all these things. But uh, I know that she was just I know that she was just upset because she went after court, Chloe and you guys you guys caught her on it. So. You know, I think you have to you have you have to tell them you can't you, you can't keep up the lie because they're going to know that, that she said something. Yeah, exactly. So at this point, they know you're coming for them. Try to, you know, uh, increase the temperature click by click as you're boiling the lobster. You know, <laughs> maybe that's the thing in hell. All the lobsters are boiled as well and they're served mm. scalding hot. So they won't exactly uh, like but or maybe they're served ice cold is the thing. If you're going for the peak amount of torture, all the food is prepared cold. Uh, but I guess there can't be any pizza in hell then. No, there's absolutely no pizza. Yeah. It's ev- it's every single Italian dish but pizza. That's the ultimate torture. Um, Chloe's gonna talk to John. She wants a reading <laughs> from John, and this is great. 
Oh, this is so, and this is so exciting in so many levels. First of all, it's a peak comedy scene. But of all people, when a psychic got introduced to the circle, Chloe was by far the most pumped because she says, I visit a psychic every week. On paper, you would think, great, this is the catfish sniffer. This is the one to really tell what's what. Taryn, I am now convinced that who Chloe is going to see every week is nowhere near a psychic. I think this is some random jamoke named Thomas who says like, yeah, come over to my flat and like, I'll do your reading. Uh, but really she just sits down in his kitchen and he's like, uh, hmm, hmm, uh, there's a, there's a street sign. I want to say main street. I believe you'll cross into main street someday. And I'm, I'm getting a reading from you. The Zodiac is calling to me, just throwing in a bunch of $2 words because <laughs> Poor Chloe shows that while uh, she is a quantitative expert, I suppose, in seeing psychic, she is not a qualitative expert. Well, he knows all the psychic words like Capricorn. (laughs) It's definitely real. That's a psychic word, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, you use it in your, in your everyday conversations. Like, uh, I'm going to, ca- oh, I'll, I'm, I'll Capricorn you good if you don't come to, uh, and stare into my crystal ball. Uh, wow, that's a real Capricorn. Did you see that game the other day? And all the other readings you might give if you are one that is blessed with psychic abilities. That yeah. was, it's, it's brilliant. Chloe is an absolutely brilliant character. I think, I think some, some might call it an indictment on, uh, on the psychic profession that uh, <laughs> these two random people are able to very convincingly portray a psychic to somebody who regularly visits psychic exactly. just by saying things like Capricorn. Uh, the, the bar is vastly lowered where it essentially tells you, okay, so you want to be a psychic. Here's 10 words for you to memorize, pepper them into a conversation and then put in generalisms about the person. And there you go. You're a psychic. Congratulations. Print out your certificate and nail it to your wall. You're ready to see your first customer. Um, yes. Uh, she said, I feel like I'm talking to Santa. And someone with special powers. Um, one in the same, I would yeah. say. Santa I feel, certainly. I feel like the uh, the narrator is is doing. I don't know if it's just because I've gotten used to it or I'm further away from the UK version. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I was enjoying her in this episode. I felt like some of the jokes landed for me, like this, like this one, which is like, uh, like you mean like somebody like Santa? <laughs> I, I I really like Michelle. I think Michelle, much like any host, has grown a lot in the next season. I do wonder because I know I had uh, I was able to speak with the love. Island US host Matthew Hoffman and he said that he actually workshops a lot with production to actually create his own dialogue I'm going to assume that because Michelle Buteau is a comedian she does the same thing and if so I I give her major kudos because it does seem like her wise cracks are getting wiser and crackier Yes. Um, So uh, John says actions speak louder than words Uh, and she's like actions speak louder than words that's so good but what actions am I looking for? I can't see anyone's actions. <laughs> All I can see is a bloody two-headed snake. <laughs> uh, this was just this was just amazing. Between like them faking being a psychic, her buying into it fully, uh, ge- like genuinely just trying to look for like how do I how do I incorporate this advice into my life. Um, and, uh, and then also just like the physicality of it. She's like bouncing on a ball the whole time. Uh, and, um, it's just, this is, uh, one of my favorite scenes from the whole season. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Again, it's peak comedy. I mean, what's so great about 
Chloe is that I wouldn't call her naive, but she's sort of infantile and that she's very childlike with the way that she approaches things. Uh, Certainly when it comes to this case, right? Like I think she certainly believes in people, especially this person who, who believes that he can reach into, I don't know, the outer realms to pull pieces. So despite the fact that he is espousing wisdom that you might find in a workspace motivational poster, she is eating it up. But at the same time, it's not completely permeating the membranes in the brain of she's just like, I get it. But what does it mean? But it's very base level advice. This is not mm-hmm. a shaded metaphor of, uh, you know, uh, in order to sit down, you must bend your legs before doing so. There's no like Confucius like wisdom. This is just actions speak louder than words. And she's trying. Who does this appeal to? Who could this quite possibly mean? I have no idea. He's too brilliant at this. Yeah, uh, it's a perfect, perfect psychic. River and Courtney are going to uh, to talk through everything that went down with Kat. Um, I, I really like this uh, from the show. Uh, River says that, uh, man, I am in sync with Courtney about liking John. And then it cut to Lisa. Uh, and I thought that was great. Um, and uh, they <laughs> They're both, both basically saying that uh, they don't have a relationship with Mitchell. If Mitchell's not talking to them, he's probably targeting them. So Mitchell is next on the hit list. So the question is, why? Why did they not start a relationship with Mitchell? Is it, is it a lifestyle thing? Is it just, you know, people were higher up on their list than others? It's, it's this idea, much like we spoke about with Trevor and, and Mitchell, of, okay, you have this uncultivated relationship, dig a hole and plant some seeds. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it seems like Mitchell from the get go thought that Courtney was the Joker. And so perhaps there was a little bit of like standoffishness um, mm-hmm. going on uh, there. Um, it's always hard to know exactly why conversations don't happen on the circle, especially because it's like, well, maybe they wanted to talk to Mitchell, but didn't right. have the opportunity. Maybe he wanted to talk to them, but maybe the maybe this was uh, how it was meant to be, because um, I'm sure if everyone was able to talk to everyone, then everyone would talk to everyone and they would all make nice to everyone. Yeah. Well, I think, I think we'd also suffer probably more uh, meltdowns because then you'd have to be negotiating so many group chats at the same time. And I don't know about you, Taryn, I'm a horrible multitasker. And so I cannot imagine having to be like, all right, well, I'm talking to Trevor about Mitchell, but then Mitchell pinged me talking about Courtney, but then Mm. River pinged me also talking about Courtney. And you would absolutely make that mistake of mentioning the wrong names, person's name in the chat with that person, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it, I could very much see that faux pas happening. I do think this is a mistake though. I, I agree. I mean, I think that if you're, if you're able to just start conversation with Mitchell, try to get him to be on side as much as possible. And their real target should be Trevor. Um, yeah. Because Trevor is the bigger danger. And if they are able to get into that influencer spot or get, uh, you know, get John into an influencer spot, get uh, even get Mitchell if they're get, able to get Mitchell on, on side, which obviously at this point they can't, but um, they need to get Trevor out if they can. Um, obviously, Mitchell is the easy out for them if they're if they're with there in there with Chloe or if they don't want to, you know, cause any big waves or anything like that. Um, but I don't think you need to actively target Mitchell. I think that you just need to keep him on on board with you. Um, and then if you can get rid of Trevor, get rid of Trevor, because if you, uh, you know, there may be a secret influence, super secret influencer spot coming up soon. And maybe that's the time to take out Trevor. Um, but, uh, if, if you can't, then, uh, then Mitchell is an easy, easy, you know, person to boot anyway. 
Um, yeah, well, that's that's the thing as well, is that you're also eyeing a prospective final five to finish out the season. Mitchell ain't getting close. Mitchell is getting bronze at best. But because Trevor has relationships with so many people, he is much more dangerous, both in the short term, in that he is trying to enact a plan to take Chloe from you, sever that arm before it gets pulled away. And then at the same time, if he ends up making it to the final five, this, there could be an opportunity where if people dislike your trio so much or even your duo and they downvote you to hell, that gives a really good chance to someone like Trevor to ascend the ranks and possibly beat you. So I absolutely agree. Mitchell right now is such a small fish. He is a guppy. Trevor is a big ass shark. You, you gotta get in the boat and go and go Jaws hunting. Yeah, and here's why. Trevor is going to contact Mitchell and talk about targeting Courtney and River. Um, they uh, they need to bring Chloe up to speed about them. This is chess, not checkers. Oh no! Oh no! Where's Mitchie? the watermelon? Should we, call, should we call him Mitchie now? <laughs> oh man, yeah. Is is Mitchell our new Jackson Mickey? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're talking about like, oh, a bird in the hands worth two in the frickin' bush. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, there's a four step plan here. Four step plan. Step one: act cool with Courtney and River, so they don't know they're onto them. Act uh, step two. Get Chloe to trust Mitchell by sharing something very vulnerable or personal with her. Step three, form the hashtag trifecta, uh, Trevor, Mitchell, and Chloe. Then step four, break up Courtney and River by getting one of them blocked. Yeah, it's very much step five profit, I suppose. I should also mention for those that are not watching the video version, uh, Terrence Cat was walking by with the tail sticking up. It very much looked like going back to our, sh- our shark metaphors, like a fin just going by across Circling the screen. Circling his prey, which yeah, is me. Exactly. Um, if, you, if you went into the circle, would you bring your cat with you? Yes, I think I would. Do you think, would that affect anything at all? Like, would you be out and proud saying, I have my cat here? Um, yeah, I'd talk about my cat, probably. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, I have personally been thinking about if I were to be on the circle, what would I do? And honestly, I would probably catfish as a dog. Jordan catfish to... as a cat? No, no, no. Uh, I'm a dog person, but I feel, and I feel like dogs sort of have that more positive image, right? They're they're a little more loyal. Uh, they're a little less schemy. But I think what you what you need to do is if you if you catfish as an animal, you have to commit to the bit. Mm, right so if yeah, it's like definitely. here's the cake making challenge you're like no chocolate for me hashtag bark bark hashtag bring a doggy bag you know, I, the cake making challenge would just be um a demolished <laughs> cake right yeah, exactly. or uh the poster making challenge is just a big paw print on a canvas yeah um and um like in, in, in group chats you'd just be like uh, somebody would be asking you a question, you'd be in the middle of uh, responding, then you'd be like, bird! Yeah, exactly. Uh, like, oh, someone's at the door! Someone's at the door! <laughs> no one would want to visit you, because you'd go crazy once you hear a knock on the door. <laughs> and, then, and then you'd really have a dog in there with you, so if anyone did come to visit you after being blocked, <laughs> you would hide and leave the I dog dress there? I'd up the dog and then avoid, like, it's me! It's me, Mike! <laughs> Thanks for visiting me! <laughs> I'm not, that's right, I'm a real dog! <laughs> oh man! You know, I had 
aren't you all a fool? You thought that I was a person, but actually I'm a talking dog. Or don't you have egg on your face, cat? I just like, I would want to see the evolution of thought in somebody's mind as they walked in, found the dog they were looking for, and they were like, that's funny. And then looked and they couldn't find anyone. And like, <laughs> like, wait, what? You were really a talking dog? No, 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 of course not. But no, no, definitely no, obviously not. No, it would be perfect if Chloe walks in. Oh my god, they got a talking dog on the circle. <laughs> it happened finally. Yeah. Um, so uh all right, we've got our awards show. Got our awards yes. show. It's awards season, Taryn. We had the Oscars last week. We're coming up on the BB Can Awards. So like hope you got your tuxedos nicely pressed because you're basically been keeping it on for the past two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, first off is the sexiest player award. Um, and you can see that, uh, that, uh, Chloe is literally like, Come on. Chloe! Oh, it's me! <laughs> the wardrobe was interesting in that Chloe is the only one who wears a dress. I guess that's because at this point, all everybody left is the catfishes. The identities are all men. Oh, so I yeah, guess it was, I didn't even think of that. Because I was, yeah, because Elisa had one, Delisa had one. So I was like, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm sure they'd rock the dresses, but I suppose you're wearing the outfit of the gender you are impersonating. Yeah, all of the uh, all of the women are out. The women, uh, yeah, playing as women are out of the game at this point. Uh, it's funny that they. I guess they. I guess they probably didn't want to mention that. <laughs> yeah, it's so others like, like now it's a bunch of guys and women pretending to be guys. And Chloe, she's in heaven right now. Yeah. Um, so then there's the comedy award, which goes to Courtney. These are all fairly standard. Uh, but then we get to the best performance award. Um, and this one is going to go to Mitchell. He's like, yeah, can't tell if I should be happy or annoyed about this. Well, look, the performance can mean a lot of things, right? Yeah. Like it could mean that uh, he's like a car. He just gets really good mileage. Could be performance in a, a certain variety. But yeah, I I always love these types of things. Like I love, uh, you know, touchy subjects, the challenge from Survivor, just the ability to assign superlatives in this way i always find incredibly fun because it allows you to take a peek in at the social dynamics and we think we got it here we're essentially courtney and river as we talked about decided incorrectly we're going to target mitchell that absolutely reflects here where it's basically okay is there a negative award we're going to vote for mitchell here yes um and i thought it was funny because i thought this this could actually backfire on trevor and mitchell if they decide to vote for courtney or river because it will show Courtney and, and River that there is a not insignificant amount of resistance to them. And step one of the plan is to keep them docile. Um, yeah. So I did not think that them voting for Courtney and River over and over was the right call. Luckily for them, there are two of them. And so they kept splitting their votes uh, and it didn't get too far except for a Lifetime Achievement Award for Kissing Ass. <laughs> Why AKA, was this one the Lifetime Achievement Award? It's the, it was the Lifetime Achievement Award for kissing cake. Oh yes, exactly. Yeah. Who's got frosting all over their lips? Exactly. Uh, that's the big. Who's gonna Who's gonna lick the let the dog catfish lick it off at the end of the day? I uh, I love that it, River immediately was like, oh, this one's gonna be me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because he knows the roles that he's playing, right? Like he yeah. knows he's kind of playing the simp, 
he's kind of playing the the capitalized nice guy that yeah there's got to be people that are on to me at this point what i also found interesting was due you know due in part to the way he voted in the performance award lee thinks mitchell is a catfish which surprises me. Maybe he thinks it's another Alex Adams situation from <laughs> last U.S. season of like, here's a geek pretending to be a beauty. But I don't know. Mitch, if you're power ranking the current personalities as to who's the most likely to be a catfish, Mitchell is very clearly at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, this might be one of those things where like, uh, if Mitchell is now the target, then you sort of like talk yourself into like, I bet he's a catfish. Uh, yeah. You know, like you kind of kind of start to just uh i mean same sort of thing where like you're targeting uh courtney and river and it's like all of a sudden they're the biggest game players ever and um they're the they're the ones that are fake um and uh yeah i mean i i, I agree though i think that uh mitchell definitely comes off as authentic at least from our perspective um because <laughs> i would say who would pretend pretend to be mitchell and then you literally just gave the example of yeah. the uh, exact situation where somebody pretended to be a Mitchell. So, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, I wonder if that also comes back to River and Courtney not talking with Mitchell. And Mitchell's going to talk about this later with Chloe, right? Of, oh, people look at me and they just assume I'm arrogant and douchey. And so maybe that is River sort of speaking to that. Of, OK, well, uh, I don't really know much about him, but it looks like he he might be putting forward this persona. So I'm going to assume he's a catfish instead of, again, really getting to know him. But they end up sharing the lifetime achievement award doesn't make it worse that it's a lifetime achievement award this is not just your speciality within the circle this apparently informs that this is your life's pursuit at this point yeah life's pursuit of uh of kissing cake um sucking colon (laughs) um mitchell is appalled uh it's uh river takes it fully in stride i think has a great attitude in the in the chat about it mitchell says i decline this award Others yeah. deserve it more. I have integrity. Others do not. Um, I was like, all right, step one of the plan completely out the door. <laughs> yeah, just trampled on. I mean, this is this is going back to an award uh, now, a metaphor. This is very much like the Razzies, right? You could be the Halle Berry who goes to pick up her Razzie right before she goes to win an Oscar and take it all in stride. Or you could be the person that bristles like, I can't believe I was nominated. I pour my life's blood into, you know, uh, fart on your head three for it to be nominated. How ridiculous. And that's how Mitchell takes it. Even uh, you have uh, Lisa and Jack being like, oh, this is not a good look, dude, that he essentially takes to the podium to protest him being voted this superlative uh, by basically being like, I'm not a kiss ass. If anything, like I hate you all. I don't, I don't, I'm not brown nosing whatsoever. Jack has a great line here. Just says, uh, Mitchell's kind of an idiot. I think <laughs> it is. And I wish that, uh, you know, Mitchell got more interact. Like John and Mitchell are going to have a little bit of interaction, but I do wish we got more Jack and Mitchell specifically. Cause those feel like two very polar opposites of the spectrum of young men Mm. right like it very much seems like almost a a duo you'd see in a cartoon of like here's the wiry smart one and kind of the lunkier bulkier one uh to have them interact with each other would have been incredibly impressive but oh man yeah mitchell is just really sullying it burning bridges in terms of any part of the plan by essentially saying like hey f off to anyone who voted for me in this award i've been honest and direct in every conversation and i sleep well at night knowing that i have integrity yeah 
so um, that's how the awards go. After the awards, Trevor is going to try and uh, do step one of the plan, which is uh, convince River and Courtney that uh, nothing is amiss. Uh, oh, River, you didn't deserve that award. Uh, and River's like, Trevor's probably the one that voted for me. Yeah, and that's and we we see that a little bit, right? We've seen this a couple times where I believe that Trevor also didn't Trevor also approach River after the campaign poster. Yep. Like, who the hell would do that? I think Trevor is unfortunately doing the the lady or catfish gentleman doth protest too much. Of yeah. um, what? Who the hell would do that? You're almost uh, overselling the fact that you are offended that you possibly couldn't be doing it. That if you are the first person to rush to them, in this case, it very much indicates that while you try to get out ahead of the problem, you are bringing the problem to the forefront in front of you, almost like a shield. Yeah. Uh, So then Mitchell is going to go ahead and talk to Chloe. And he says, this is phase one of the plan everything starts to make sense. The reason why he's been making it obvious that he's going after uh, Courtney and River is because he forgot that phase one existed. He thinks that phase one of the plan is phase two of the plan. Mitchell, it was step one, act cool with Courtney and River so that they don't know you're on to them. Step two, get Chloe to trust Mitchell by sharing something very vulnerable and personal with her. This is not step one. Yeah, maybe he thought that step one was optional, right? Like how the first part of a lot of cooking instruction is, oh, make sure you wash your hands and prepare your ingredients. Like, yeah, 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 I've got that. No, don't worry. I wash my hands. They're they're fine. They're a little sweaty, but they're good. Uh, Let's get cooking, baby. Like, I think that's what Mitchell maybe just sort of, because again, he doesn't have a relationship with with Courtney and River. And so he's like, maybe he just focused in on, okay, getting Courtney's pocket, Chloe's pocket. Great. Emily's gone. So now I can get my flirt on. This is perfect. I and mean, maybe he just tuned out the rest of what was happening and as described to him. I really like uh, the start of this conversation. Uh, Mitchell opens up with, uh, like, you know, you know, people, uh, people assume I'm, I'm really like a cocky guy and, uh, and I'm just not. And Chloe's like, I am so impressed with Mitchell right now. that He is opening up to me. <laughs> like, uh, man, that's uh, he's really pouring his heart out talking about how people usually think he's cocky. Yeah, it's it's like uh, describe yourself in three words and if you get to the second word, Chloe's like, wow, so three-dimensional, babe. <laughs> like, oh my god. Wow, you're funny and smart. My god. Mm, yeah, I, uh, Mike, I wanted to open up to you right now. I feel like just sometimes people see me on the podcast and and, uh, and they, they think that they think that I can only tell like goofy jokes and they don't think I can tell smart jokes, uh, but I can actually tell smart jokes too. So this is a game changer. I just, I just feel like we're connecting, right? I feel like I'm opening up to you. I, I don't think I've ever had a connection as strong mm. as when you said what people expect of you. And one thing that you do unexpectedly, should we get married right now? Let's go to the altar. <laughs> What's our future look like? You don't have exactly. two faces, do you? No, exactly. Two heads, but no faces. That's my big secret. Um, he does eventually uh, actually open up to her. Uh, he says, uh, one thing about me is that I am actually a virgin. Um, and Chloe's like, ah, oh, the friend zoning makes sense now. Uh, like she really needed to make sense of it. Like wh- this is like the third time she said, oh, that's why he friend zoned me. Like, the exactly. first time it was it was like, oh, it's Trevor. Then it was all uh, oh, that it was, it was it was flirting with Emily. And now it's like, oh, that's why he's because he's a virgin. Um, like she really, yeah. really wanted she, to find she, a reason. 
JZ style, she wants to get to 99 reasons, right? 99 exactly. reasons why well, 100, Mitchell... 100 reasons. Yeah, well, if you're River, yeah. yeah. As to why uh, Mitchell did, did not want to flirt with me. And so that's another one. We're just building this Rolodex. So I don't know. Uh, I do wonder if the virgin lifestyle, depending on where you are necessarily in that climb up the hill, if you actually might be more inclined to really go after Chloe as opposed to keeping in your pants, metaphorically speaking. Mm, yes. Uh, I think it's definitely like uh, it's, it's uh, I mean, he talks about his relationship with God and he says, it's mm-hmm. basically like uh, it's, it's a choice that he's making. He wants to save it for someone special. Um, and, uh, and close this is, this is so sweet. Mitchell is like my circle brother now. Again, I guess it's, re- I mean, maybe this is the reason why Chloe is so, well positioned is because it's very easy to get on her good side just list a few adjectives about yourself and one piece from your past and you're essentially making friendship bracelets at the end of this yeah. uh, and it's put her in an extremely good position but you can sort of see the perception of her maybe being naive and that she does really take a lot of things at face value she might go back to question some of them like you know the emily stuff we've seen this trevor stuff go back and forth but i think initially the first impression is going to be like by the way you describe yourself and this quote-unquote opening up to me i'm inclined to welcome you into my personal circle and so from that perspective her family tree is like a big sturdy oak as opposed to like maybe someone like john who just has a tiny sapling yeah and so uh that's what we have we get the message that the final blocking will happen tomorrow and if you survive you will become a finalist so uh despite some uh despite the anticipation that we may get another new player uh no new players this is it we are heading to the end and i think this is such a good choice because the last new players that were introduced were mitchell and kat i think at the start of week two um, yeah, and that I mean, te- is technically great. you've got John at the beginning of season right. week three, but, but there's still I, players that we know exactly. So it's not exactly a learning curve. They came in with information about these people and how they worked. I wonder because I agree. I really like this choice. I think an unfortunate externality of season one was because of the schedule they released people. There really was no chance for like Ed and Tammy, for example, when it was exactly. them and five people who started the game, they were pretty much outnumbered. I wonder if they would keep this or if this was a consequence of filming during COVID. If this was a, well, we can't really quarantine people for like four weeks and then have them enter the circle late. Let's just, you know, because it's only what? It's like uh, 11 people total. I mean, they uh, did, no, ten, they, 10 people total. They did do that for the UK version uh, for what it's worth. And that, that season was longer. Um, mm. And they had somebody they had somebody join right at the end. Um, so, uh, you know, I that's why I was expecting another player to join. Cause I was like, they just did it. So if they're following the same formula, they're going right. to add another player in. Um, but, uh, but they didn't. And um, yeah. I'm very pleased. I feel like uh, every person left has a story. Um, I do feel like John has the least story, even though we still do know like Lisa. <laughs> no, John has too much of a story. That's the problem. He <laughs> yeah. comes in with an entire ream of a story. Uh, I still feel like John is probably going to be the one to take this hit. Um, especially if like there are two people from both sides as influencers, John is just the easy compromise. Mm. Um, but it, that's if they are together again, this might be a super secret influencer. I think we saw that in some previews. Uh, so, um, if it's a super secret influencer, then we may see some sniping happen between yeah. these two. 
uh, groups of people. And uh, I don't know. I think it's I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that John does end up in the final and we lose one of Courtney or River or we lose, uh, say, Mitchell. I don't think we would lose Trevor. Um, I don't think we, we should, would lose but I Courtney don't, but I don't, or yeah, Chloe. I, I, I agree. I think Chloe, I think Chloe's guaranteed yeah. at this point. I think Trevor's guaranteed because like we said, Courtney and River are going to be going after Mitchell first. So unless it's like Mitchell and Courtney, uh, I think that they're going to, as long as he's not safe, I think he's in danger. But yeah, I, I think there's a chance that John slips through just due to the fact that everyone else, again, these are all originals, but they're with the exception of Mitchell, but they're not exactly making a pact to stick together. These are two pairs that are gunning for each other at this moment with Courtney, uh, Chloe sort of in the middle. And then John, honestly, not even riding sidecar. He's like in an entirely different car on an entirely different highway. And it's a really, really fun endgame dynamic. I don't know, Taryn, I don't know how much you've been taking the pulse of the viewers. Do people like season two more than season one? It's hard to say for me right now because I feel like week one, people are like, yes, this is better than season two. Week two, people are like, this is kind of a letdown here. Um, so far for week three, for me, I've I've really enjoyed week three. I'm really enjoying the direction this is going. But unfortunately, I do not have much of a, a finger on the pulse right now because I have not finished the episodes yet. So right. I've not been able to look at any kind of response for fear of being spoiled. Oh, that's very true. You put yourself sort of in the box and then your world, your mind will be open much like yeah. Chloe's uh, in, a, in a couple of days or so. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen a mixed response as well. At least the people that I've been surveying seem to feel like they feel like there's nobody to really glom onto in a personality way, like a Shuby or a Joey or a Sammy from last season, all the E's. Maybe that's the problem. There's Courtney, but not mm. a lot of E's. Uh, the love lies in the E's. And I can understand that. Uh, you know, I don't want to invoke a Survivor example, but this season, to me, very much feels like Survivor the Australian Outback in comparison to Survivor Borneo, where I think mm. the personalities are... I'm not going to say manufactured, but I feel like there was a, a little bit of genuineness to season one of we have no idea what this is. We're all flying blind here. Season two, I feel like people understand the nature of the game. Everyone I've spoken to so far in Exit Press said like, oh, well, I watched the first season or I had family. Uh, you know, they're, they're in the case of Mitchell, like, oh, there are family members that participated in it. And so you know, they, they have sort of an in as to what the circle is and how it works. And so, A, that means they might turn up their personalities a little bit more, knowing how, you know, that cast was perceived. And B, it allows them to come in with already a basis of how to play the game, uh, at least from their perspective, to really hit the ground running. I think it's, it's very easy to say this season is significantly more strategic mm -hmm. than season one. And I think your mileage may vary as to whether or not that is a, a good or a bad thing. If you're there for personalities, I could understand why you might feel like season one's better than season two, just because of how more grounded it is. But I will say the end game for season two is infinitely stronger than the end game of season one, where there's so many interesting dynamics that that final influencer position is really going to matter. I don't know how much it mattered at the end of season one. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, and, and for me, I'm obviously going to be more biased toward a more strategically focused game. Uh, again, I, I don't really look at the circle as a strategic game, but I mm -hmm. do like that the approach is a little bit more strategic. Um, and uh, when I think about season one, I remember Joey, I remember Shuby um, in, in a, you know, Sammy, I remember, a, a, I guess those three, 
I'm not gonna lie, I don't really remember the other players um, from mm. the season. Yeah, and, remember Chris Sapphire? Uh, there, yeah, that you know. I, now I remember. If you if you say them, I'll remember them. But like, and I don't really remember the. I don't remember what happened. Like, what yeah. happened in that season? I don't remember any events that happened other than the the eggplants um, and the push-ups and yeah, the, uh, the guy uh, Joey, Joey Miranda making out when yeah. they visited each other. Like I like I, it's like uh, I, I feel like I'd, I'm stretching to remember like what happened in the season. Whereas this season, obviously, I'm much closer to it right now. But I feel like mm-hmm. I'll remember Terralisha versus Savannah. I'll remember this uh, sort of war between uh, Courtney and River and Mitchell and uh, and Trevor because like these are like big strategic events that like these are the events that happened in the season and they didn't just kind of float along and getting getting rid of the the floaters yeah. here and there. Well, what I would say is that I think season one was more of a genuine social experiment. I think season two is more of a story, Mm -hmm. a story that Lee himself would pen that there are, I think, more chapter events, you know, chapter one, Savannah versus Terralisha, chapter two, the makeup challenge that changed everything, chapter three, messy queens and the two headed snake. Uh, And then chapter four, the the finale, it really does seem like actually it's segmented fairly well into these weekly bunches. Yeah. Um, so that's what we've got now. I will say heading into the finale this way, I actually feel like, you know, I was saying, I was saying that I was pretty high on river and Courtney's position, but I feel like, uh, it has actually not turned out super well. And mainly because I don't think they've held on to Courtney well enough or sorry, Chloe well enough. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think even if river and Courtney do make it into the final five, let's say that John is blocked and the final five is Courtney river, Chloe, Trevor, Mitchell. Um, I feel like that's not a good spot for River and Courtney. I think that um, people are going to assume they're going to rate each other high and they might not. Um, And I don't think Chloe will rate them very high because Chloe is suspicious that they're game players. Um, And so I think that's going to leave them in in a weird spot where Mitchell might actually be our winner here. If everyone's being strategic and Mitchell and there's one more rating. Mitchell is set to be rated pretty low in this rating mm-hmm. if everything plays out the way that it, that it should, given what we've seen. If Mitchell is at the bottom of the ratings in the last rating and then is not blocked, heading into the final five, he is probably the one that most strategic players will feel comfortable with putting high up in their ratings to think to say, you know, I can I can waste a spot up here exactly. on Mitchell. I need to make sure that Courtney and River and Chloe, all three of them need to be low because Chloe's been number one for so long. Courtney and River are going to rate themselves super high. Um, And you may even say Chloe and Trevor will rate each other high. And that really leaves Mitchell as the one person that shouldn't get high Hmm. ratings. Thus, might. Interesting. So this is sort of like the end of Hamlet, right? Where everyone's stabbing each other and drinking (laughs) poison. Here comes Fortinbras, who's like, Denmark's mine! Hooray! That's Mitchell at this moment. It's an interesting proposition. I would say... I think Chloe has the best chance to win, but only if she is not the super influencer, if there is one next episode. If she does not have the single-handed vote to block, I think she has a very good chance. Because in that case, she's in the, the perfect position right now where everyone wants to dance with her. If she doesn't have to have the opportunity to offer her hand to somebody to take that dance, she has her cake and is eating it too, in a manner of speaking, uh, euphemistically. She's, she's able to say like, well, everybody likes me, everyone wants to work with me, and I don't necessarily have 
the the currency to do anything about it. But that's totally fine because then I don't show where my loyalties lie. And so it allows people to sort of live in that fiction. And we always know that, you know, truth is is worse than fiction in many ways. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, uh, that's about what we have for you for episode 11. Uh, Mike, anything else that you wanted to bring up? I mean, this is just it's a really fun show. I guess going going back to the release idea because i know that i think you and i are both very nerdy when it comes to like production and Mm. thinking through the studio's mentalities i mean do you think netflix could be convinced to do a daily release because they've never done that with their shows before do you think they they try to copy the uk in that way and go for it or do you think that's going to be a bridge too far with netflix with daily releases well i feel like i mean it's the same production company that makes the uk version so i'm Mm -hmm. sure they've had the conversation with netflix like this has been our successful formula i you should do it um which means that i i have to imagine they have considered it and they've heard the arguments from the very people that have evidence to say that this is the reason they're doing it clearly you know, the production company making the show feels like the daily release is their best bet, or at least yeah. may, may, maybe the maybe the networks in the UK are the ones forcing them to do that. But it seems more likely to me that, that Netflix is the one forcing the issue and that the production company feels uh, that the daily release is the better schedule. But either way, we've got two forces where one clearly thinks that the daily release is better. One clearly thinks that uh, dropping four is better for whatever reason. Um, and I, I do feel like Netflix is in the wrong on this, but the fact that they've already heard an argument from the from the source right. that they're most likely to uh, listen to, which is like another, you know, the people making the show and the people who like uh, know the stats um, and they still haven't done it tells me that they probably will not change it uh, unless there's like a massive outpouring of like, you need to change this. And I just don't think that there's the passion is there for that. Um, so I think it's likely going to stay this way i mean they clearly did change a little bit i mean they decided yeah. to push the finale back um so uh yeah which is what you which you can mark it as the opportunity right of get caught up with the circle before our jam-packed finale episode so i think that makes sense i mean to go to use a circle metaphor to talk about the circle production it really is like two influencers sitting in a room together right yeah. where you have the production company saying daily releases and they're saying no four episodes at a time and it's which party is going to back down essentially yeah and, and i I'm, from my perspective and obviously i have no idea what netflix looks at but uh to get people coming back every day onto netflix every day watching one episode and then being like i wonder what else is on uh i feel like that is a better bet than expecting people to watch four episodes at once and remember like oh uh you know like uh oh i hope the i hope the episodes are like i i've had so many people like uh oh we're gonna watch the circle today like oh no no today's a monday uh oh right it's not it's not up yet and then they forgot that it dropped on wednesday and they realize it by thursday it's just it's a bit messy uh this way but and and also i think that maybe it's a bit of netflix being like no but we're the binging streaming platform that's what we're known for you know i'm listen as a tiger i'll paint over all my strikes except for this one i have to keep this one stripe that you have to binge something i'll do weekly releases for some stuff but damn it i will not have this one stripe taken away from me but i mean like even cbs copied the love island daily format from Mm -hmm. the uk it just feels like it works more like you said you can create more of a routine out of it maybe i'm grousing as well just because from a content creator perspective even what five six years into the netflix model becoming so popular we're still trying to figure out 
how to cover it. Like is doing one per day too much or too little? Uh, you know, how often do you put these things out depending on the speeds that people go? One a day feels more manageable personally, though I know I may not be speaking on behalf of everybody. It's just an interesting model because I don't think this is probably the most unique method that Netflix has done with release, but it still stands in the face of how the show is done, you know, from where it originated and how it could be done prospectively. Yeah, I mean, and I can say personally that, like, as somebody that that often engages uh, in, like, you know, I create content for the show, I, I often look uh, at the social media response and I, like, I'm involved in that sort of community. I was significantly more involved in the audience response to the UK version than I am in, this, in the US version, because, again, I have to go full blackout until I finish mm-hmm. all the episodes, and I just you know, don't have time to finish all the episodes until, you know, Friday or Saturday. Um, And that means that I am completely out of it when most of the conversation is happening. And so by the time I look at the conversation, it's all like uh, day old conversations, days old conversations. And I'm like, ah, whatever then. Um, And and and, that's the problem with the internet as well, is that especially a platform like Twitter is meant to pride on the here and now that it's tough from a UI perspective to be like, all right, let me scroll back to Wednesday and see what people were saying about episode nine. You might have platforms to do so, but it's tough to do It's usually by that point, you've had so many people move through that anytime you search for hashtag the circle, you're going to have to search for like, very specific thoughts. We have not curated things yet for people to be like the circle hashtag, the circle episode nine. Let's talk about this. That's not exactly how the internet works. So it's kind of a, a murky swamp right now. And we're, we're trying to build some sort of boat to navigate it. And I do appreciate, like you said, the, the Netflix has taken steps. I just wonder if like, this is the proper way to, to maximize, you know, we're on the curve. Can we hit that bell point? And I think that bell point, in my opinion, I agree with you, would be some sort of daily release Monday through Thursday or Tuesday through Friday, and then just repeat, you know, three weeks with a finale the next week. Yeah. Uh, all right, then that's what we have for you for episode 11. We will, of course, be back on Saturday night with the roundtable talking about episode 12 and just uh, what we've seen uh, as a whole here this week. And then Next week, the finale will air, I think, on Wednesday again. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that one when it, when it airs as well. Um, so uh, make sure you tune in for that. Plenty of Big Brother coverage is happening. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong. Hanging out there. Uh, we played a Pummel Party last night, which is like a Mario Party, um, but for the PC. And it was very fun. Um, interesting wait so mario party is in like participating in mini games or navigating yeah, it's a like board? there's a board and you you're a you have a character and you play mini games um it's like that but there are also like weapons that you can use on the board oh. to like uh like if you take out somebody's health on the board enough then they'll get they'll have to like go to the graveyard and come out of that spot um it's it was very fun i played with uh with kevin uh from from big brother canada and bruno uh and puya uh and we uh yeah we had some fun that's interesting. I've never heard of that before. I guess Mario Party did deviate from a while from like the classic formula. And so if people are just like, well, we'll, we'll make our own version, essentially. It's a it's a cool idea. Yeah. Well, Kevin basically described it as this is like Mario Party, but designed by uh, like actual gamers, <laughs> like <laughs> people who like understand like game balance and like it's not yeah. as like silly. Um, I mean, it's silly, but it's not as like the game mechanics actually make a little bit more sense. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, yeah, it's pretty good. 
Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check it out. I, that sounds very intriguing to me because I do love me some Mario Party. It almost sounds like it's a combination of that and like a Munchkin type of thing, where you have <laughs> elements that you can. Maybe it's just the weapon idea. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds like a really fun game. All right. Well, uh, check that out, uh, Mike. Where can people find you? Uh, besides watching videos of Pummel Party on YouTube, my new obsession. Uh, so from the Circle perspective, I mentioned this before, I'm doing Exit Press for Parade.com. I haven't talked with her yet, but by the time you're listening to this, I ha- should have my interview with Kat up on Parade.com. Kat has been uh, traveling, so I haven't been able to talk with her. going to have a lot of stuff to talk with her about because she... Uh, I'm going to miss Kat. She she played like hard. I'm not sure why she decided to wake up one day and say, like, I'm going to play hard now. But she was a really, really fun player. So I'm excited to talk with her. I, of course, talked with Brian and Savannah and Tara Alicia. And uh, I already have talked with the person who was blocked in episode 12. But if you're Taryn or someone who hasn't watched the episode yet, don't look at that until you finish the episodes. And next week, I'm going to try the Herculean task of talking with everybody. I'm going to try it. No guarantees, but we shall see. So all that at Parade.com. Other than that, lots of stuff going on in the podcast world. Of course, over in the reality TV sphere, uh, Survivor South Africa is creeping up on us. We are a month away from that. Shannon, Gus, and I have been doing preseason interviews with the contestants. Sort of. Uh, we, we did the thing where we sent in questions, they answered them, and then we're, we sort of intersperse our voices over it. But we could do some, some cast assessments for a new season of Survivor coming up. Like, that is... Something that has yeah, something has we haven't happened. had for a little while. Yeah, for at least a year. So it's there's the novelty of it is so bright and shiny to me. Mm. So if you haven't checked out International Survivor, I very much encourage you to, especially while we're in this sort of dearth of Survivor content right now. It's incredibly well produced, especially Survivor South Africa. The new season premieres June third. I want to say June third or June sixth. Uh, but you know, it, it'll be out there on the interwebs, and myself and Shannon Gus will be covering it all. But we'll be doing preseason press once the uh, the cast drops whenever that may be. And then over on Post Show Recaps, I am putting out a bunch of content there as well, whether it's Lost Down the Hatch with Josh Wiggler, whether it's The Bloom Files, where uh, I watch The X-Files alongside my wife, where she is an X-Files devotee, and I have never seen it. And we watched two very scary episodes this past week, and I'm very freaked out, and I'm going to have to to essentially go therapize about it with my wife uh, with a microphone in front of our faces. And uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier just finished up so we're going to do a feedback show about that as well so i mean the spring has just been full of content we've really been i know i'm preaching to the choir taryn i know we have like been stuffed to the brims it feels like we are in hell we have been stuffed with italian food and hot tea yeah. it's like one more slice of pizza and then we're just we're ready to explode but right now i am just so giddy at all the fantastic tv going on and the fact that i get to talk about it oh, yes all right well Thank you guys so much for joining us here on the uh, episode 11 recap for The Circle. Again, we'll be back uh, on Saturday to talk about episode 12. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. See you next time. <laughs>